Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Richard Fields, partner at Fields PLLC. Richard has had a varied career and has worked in both law and finance and has even combined his two passions to create a company specialising in funding litigation. On today's show, Richard tells us the story of a case he helped to build against Arab Bank in Jordan for helping to finance terrorist attacks in Israel, resulting in a $1 billion settlement. The first half of my career, the first 20 years, I represented big oil, big chemical, big manufacturers. I was representing them in lawsuits suing insurers. In fact, over the course of my career, I took billions of dollars off of Lloyd's. But uh, I got to the point after about 20 years where it was really hard to get up and look in the mirror and feel good about myself because what I was really doing was helping my, my old company clients and other clients recover money to pay for dumping chemicals out the back door for decades, You know, being careless with the environment. At that time, I was making five, six, seven million dollars a year, and I walked away from that. I left it all behind. I couldn't do it anymore because it just didn't feel like I was fulfilling my purpose in life. I didn't feel soulful. And um, I got to the point where I was so dissatisfied with what I was doing that I decided to leave the practice of law and go into finance. And um, in 1999, I resigned from my law firm that I was running in Washington, D.C., and I decided to start an internet company to create an electronic market where lawsuits could be bought and sold. Ironically, I raised $10 million from the insurance market in London, and I moved to London. The internet market crashed, and so I was there. I then decided, well, you know, leave the technology behind, and I did a $250 million joint venture uh, but the joint venture was with the seventh largest company in the world, and that company happened to be Enron. Sixty days after uh, we signed the deal, Enron blew up. They went into bankruptcy. I had done one trade with Equitas in London and um, made ten million dollars on that trade. Uh, but you know now the business is dead, so I decided to go back and practice law. And you know a few days after we closed that joint venture, nine eleven happened. And I was literally coming out of the Lloyd's building and uh, I got in a car with a friend and and he told me what had happened and uh, went back to my office and watched the bombing on the TV. And uh, I grew up in a military family. And so I I, kind of had this guilt. I felt a little bit about the black sheep in the family because I had not served my country. So not 9-11, you know, here I am. I'm lawyer now turned finance guy. Uh, well, I wanted to get involved in the 9-11 cases that Ron Motley had, uh, Alan Gershon had filed against uh, Saudi charities and banks for moving money for Al-Qaeda. And uh, I had a contact from the head of the, from a, an individual who was working with the, the group of British families who had lost loved ones on 9-11. And I ended up representing that group and, and bringing them into the 9-11 case that Motley Rice had filed. So, you know, that case was going on. Um, and uh, because I had done that case, I had got, gotten a call from a lawyer working at the White House in Washington, D.C. He was on the National Security Council and wanted to leave and come into private practice. And he knew that I has, was working. I was more of a, a big law corporate lawyer type as opposed to a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer. Right. So but you fit more of his profile of the kind of place where he wanted to be, but he thought I was doing interesting work and, and came and told me the story of how 
Arab Bank had been moving hundreds of millions of dollars to finance the Second Intifada through the Arab Bank of Jordan uh, office at, on Madison Avenue in New York through a scheme where they would advertise on television and individual Saudi citizens could go in and make their contribution to something called Account 98 to fund uh, suicide bombers in Israel. I thought the story was fascinating. And I reached out to the Israeli ambassador in London, who I had a contact with, flew to London, asked him if uh, about some of the facts, ended up flying to Israel and, uh, you know, getting access to, um, to documents and other people who had knowledge of what had been happening. And long story short, I ended up helping put that case together uh, with Motley Rice, the same firm that I was working with on uh, uh, the 9-11 case with Ron Motley. And uh, I helped bring the clients in. I helped uh, working with governments around the world who had knowledge of the facts. I met a couple amazing uh, uh, British lawyers who had been working on the Omar bombing case, Lord Dan Brennan and Jason McHugh, um, who got involved in the case with us. But that experience really kind of changed the direction of my career. The next thing I did was I started a publicly traded fund to finance litigation in the United States, Juridic Investments, which I which I ran up until 2015. And you know, at that point, there were a couple of guys at Credit Suisse who were doing this inside the bank a few months before I was. But you know, when we launched on the London Stock Exchange, very short order. We proved there was a market for this type of capital. And so I spent the next 10 years, um, you know, running a publicly traded litigation finance fund. Later, we lay, raised money from RBS. And the pension fund of RBS in London was, uh, you know, one of our one of our investors. Um, but I learned so much doing that. Uh, and more importantly, uh, I mean, one of the things I learned was that you know, I developed this great network with some of the best lawyers in America doing that. Because when you're when you're sitting there with hundreds of millions of dollars, people want to talk to you, right? And so when I decided uh, that I actually wanted to go practice law again because there was so much capital in the litigation finance space, I thought, well, you know, maybe I should be on the other side of these trades. I should be accessing this capital. So it led to a, a vision I had of having a small law firm that punches above its weight by having access to capital markets and, and picking and choosing the big litigation firms that I want to partner with to do things that I will really enjoy and love. So um, the first thing that we, we did when we launched the firm in 2016 was we were retained by the Cherokee Nation, the largest uh, Native American tribe in America, to sue the opioid industry for legal distribution of opioids. That case is still going on. And we now represent <clears throat> the state of Ohio, the state of Delaware, and uh, almost 40% of the Indian tribes by population in the United States, most of the large ones. Um, and uh, we've expanded that into environmental cases for, uh, uh, for governments. Um, and and uh, we, uh, we do, <laughs> we have, um, we, we do money laundering investigations. Um, we're, in the middle of putting together another big terrorist financing case uh, against an American company. I won't name right now because we haven't filed the case. Um, and uh, we love what we do, you know. 
Um, we've, we've built a virtual law firm partnering with the best litigation firms in the country, the best investigators. We use artificial intelligence as a big piece of our business to run investigations. And we're having the time of our lives. I get a kick when people ask me what I do these days. I say, I like to say I chase bad guys for a living. And, uh, you know, there's part of me that still wishes that I had been a police officer or a soldier. But I feel like now I kind of get the best of both worlds, you know. I get to go try to fix things and bring some justice and equity to the world uh, and, and use a whole different skill set. And at least so far, nobody's shooting at me. So maybe, maybe it's not a bad place to be. I'm always fascinated to hear about the journeys people take to find their careers and their place in the world. And it's great to know that Richard is doing the type of work that he believes in and finds truly fulfilling. My thanks to Richard for sharing his story with us today. If you want to find out more about him and his firm, you can find all the links in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I really would appreciate it if you shared it with someone that would also find it interesting. Uh, All the details on how to listen and subscribe can be found at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time as Roger E. Barton tells us the story of That One Case. (laughs) 